Hey everybody, it is the Comics Deserve Better bonus episodes that everyone loves that you get every 10 episodes. Where we still probably talk about indie comics, but it's a little bit looser. We're not doing a full episode, and but we actually have something very special planned for the next three bonus episodes before we come back to our regular episodes. How many times can I say episode in a sentence? Um, but with me, as always, is Richard. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we're doing, and I, I forced Richard into this. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, and I'm apologizing right now as well. And is uh, since Paper Girls is coming out on Amazon Prime on July 29th, figured it would be kind of fun just to kind of go through the entire series. It's only 30 issues. And um do a little recap of it so we're gonna do 10 issues at a time uh three episodes uh that's actually two volumes it works perfectly uh great job on uh brian k vaughn's uh planning (laughs) to have every uh series be five issues so it's very easy to get through also this is very similar to something we did before with saga and yes that's also why brian k vaughn doesn't mean that we're only doing this for brian k vaughn books it just happens to be i have to to be him we twice. didn't do this for when they were doing that Why the Last Man show, which yeah. I've never seen and was on the sh- on TV for like a week or whatever. Yeah, and you, and you know why? It's because we didn't do a recap show of it. So here we are. We, we gotta there you go. We gotta give support to it. Um, just think of Brian K. Vaughn as the uh, as the Green Bay Packers. You know, they 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 won the first two Super Bowls, but you know, they definitely didn't win them all. So now can they go on with a nice sports reference there? So all right, well, um, before we begin. Richard, this is your first time reading uh, Paper Girls. Now, got a question for you. Did you have any idea what this book was about? No, no, not at all. <laughs> so, um, this... Also, lately, we've been covering a lot of slice of life stuff. So I was just like, when it starts out, I was just like, oh, cool. Another cute slice of life book. And then big swerve, big, big swerve. Yes, <laughs> this is uh, a huge swerve. And like it got compared to... Uh, the Stranger Things because it came out around the same time. I don't think it's very much anything like Stranger Things, except that it takes place in the eighties or initially takes place in the eighties. And uh, I mean, it I, they're in the same vein in that they're doing like a an eighties seventies Steven Spielberg pastiche of you know young kids and adult situation with yes. supernatural stuff. Like yeah. it's not. The plot isn't Stranger Things, but no. they're they're in that same Goonies ET mold. And while Stranger Things is more of a horror like side of the, of that, this is more of a sci fi side of that, right? Yeah, but it definitely has some crazy horror like uh, imagery in it, but not mostly in the first two volumes. But you'll get some weird, crazy stuff going on. Even more crazier than giant tardigrades. I feel like we had. I was gonna say. I feel like we had weird, crazy stuff a bit already. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I th- my introduction to this uh, comic was um, I actually joined up reading in issue six, which is the first volume, first uh, issue of the second volume. So, mm-hmm. like, I I was also just like equally like what am I reading? Because this was supposed to be just like a slice. Like I thought the same thing. Like this is like a slice of life book. No, like- no. Just from the, all I had was the title and the, uh, the covers. Yes. And from the titles and the covers, it just, and you know, the, the, the first few pages of the first issue, how can this not be a slice of life? It, it's a book about a young girl and her part-time job and her making some new friends and like they're bonding together. That's all I assumed that this was going to be. And then, like I said, big sport. <laughs> yeah, the, the weirdest thing would be her odd dreams that she has. You know, like that's going to be the strangest thing in this book, right? Like, mm. but nope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I guess we'll get into the strangeness. Oh, I, uh, one last thing. Yes, we did an episode, Darcy and I, um, of, of the first 10 issues a long time ago. Um, but... I figured it was good to, to do it again. And also, if, if I can help push anyone into reading this great series, I'm always happy to. So uh, I, I apologize uh, to Richard for being my test subject here, but <laughs> hopefully you'll enjoy it all, all the way through. And um, 
also this is gonna be more like a recap than like the way, well like what we did with saga exactly so you know we'll we'll see let's go what happens and i'll quit rambling and we'll start okay so we are um talking about paper girls by brian Kavon. uh artist is cliff chang colors by matt wilson and letters by jerry k fletcher and uh this is the story of Aaron, KJ, Mac, and Tiffany are four main characters. So after having a strange morality dream starring Kristen McAuliffe, of all people, uh, Aaron wakes up early on November 1st, 1988 in Stony Creek, Ohio to go deliver papers. The, the morning after Halloween is considered hell morning by the paper delivery people because it tends to have a lot of weird people out, mostly teenagers, causing mayhem. Uh, Aaron is indeed harassed by a group of teenagers when she is rescued by Mac, a fellow paper girl who is accompanied by Tiffany and KJ, two more paper girls, and all four of them making, like I said, our main characters. Uh, they introduce themselves to Aaron and they decide to split up to deliver the papers and also protect themselves. Uh, Mac and Aaron take one of Tiffany's Radio Shack walkie talkies and head off uh, but while they're delivering papers, they hear over the walkie-talkie that Tiff and KJ are accosted by two hooded people uh, speaking an unknown language and that stole their walkie-talkies, or the other walkie-talkie. Um, so the four girls uh, go looking for them in an area where they, they there's a bunch of unfinished houses, and they see an open window where they follow them in. Follow in. And in that basement, uh, they discovered a weird space pod that uh, hums and blasts them all with an odd ray that seems to have not done anything to them at all. But there is a reason why I'm talking about that. We'll find out in a minute or a few minutes. Um, they come they come out of the house and notice the sky looks weird and that they uh, they see the three hooded people who stole Tiff's walkie-talkie. Um, they attack the hooded people and a masked one show, uh, that they, showing that they look like teens who are horribly scarred. So... Yeah, definitely weird things going on here. Um, so the teens, they, they flee, but uh, they, they drop a small square that has the Apple Company logo on it. Remember, this is 1988. It kind of, what does it kind of look like? It kind of looks like an, I, an iPod or like an iPod Nano, sort of, would you say? Which, oh, sorry. Yeah. You got, got you. Unmute. I was muted to blow my nose and I oh, did it on mute. <laughs> I, I have perfect timing. Ask, ask Darcy. I've done this for millions of times. But yeah. yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I'll say, yeah, it definitely looks like an iPad, like a iPod Nano or Shuffle or some sort of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's about, it's maybe the size of a post it note. Uh, I think, like, in fact, I think that's what they say in the, in the comic was that it was basically a post it note size, little black square. That has the white apple logo on it, but they, you know, obviously not too sure what that is. Um, I think Aaron recognizes it from the from the uh, computers at school. <laughs> so yeah, mm -hmm. I remember it was Apple IIe's, like when I in the also 80s. it's a uh, it's a uh, more futuristic than any Apple thing that we have because it's like a little square, but it did be you know throws out information. Like, yes. like even that I've read these first 10 issues, I'm still not sure exactly what it is, but no. it's definitely more advanced than anything we have. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely the a continuation of, of an iPhone, I would say, where it actually adapts into your brain and shows you things virtually, kind of like the Google Glass in a way, but actually is works. So <laughs> Let's see. Um, so the teens, uh, they, they do separate. Uh, and um, oh, the, the teens that, I'm sorry, the not the girls, but well, I, it's, it's kind of, I'm trying to think of the right right words to describe everyone. So the teens are the those weird hooded teens that stole the walkie-talkie. Should I call them the hooded teens? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So they separate, um, and, and one of them uh, is attacked by a person who looks like a knight uh, riding a pterodactyl and, uh, and is killed. Uh, the, the, but then meanwhile, the girls are looking for somewhere safe uh, when they, when they see a classmate frozen in the street and a bunch of pterodactyls in the sky. And then they look back and that classmate is Jen disappears just randomly. So the girls head to Max's house where her dad has a gun, where they find out 
uh, from Max's drunk uh, stepmother that people are disappearing randomly, including her dad, um, Max's dad. And so um, Max's stepmother uh, thinks it's the revelation, like the, the apocalypse, and, uh, and is going to kill herself with that gun, said gun, and Max wrestles with her, and um, the, the scuffle results with Aaron getting shot in the stomach. Not good. Mm-hmm. Not a good way to introduce yourselves to new people, right? Get shoot someone. But uh, they um, they need to get to the hospital, and Tiff reveals that she knows how to drive a car, despite them all being twelve years old. And um, so, meanwhile, the the two other non dead hooded teens discover the third's body, and they pull out a futuristic gun, and um, in their weird language. You know, it sounds like they're. It feels like they're they're sparring revenge on uh, their friend, f- for their friend. Um, the car full of girls is suddenly stopped by the same night, uh, and and is um, and is ba- and he's holding that walkie-talkie, and he's about to he's about to take them with them and and supposedly help Aaron, um, but he's then shot in the head by one of the teens. The teens uh, basically say no. It would not been a good idea for him to take you the those aren't the old timers the old timers are evil and um they do this by taking a translator from that night because uh, like i said they didn't speak the same language um to tell them that so they take aaron they go into the sewers uh they introduce so, so oh yes let me pause you for a second at this point i have no idea what's going on in this book <laughs> because yeah. it was for me i was just like oh so this is the rapture and a bunch of people got raptured and you're left behind that's what I'm to assume at this point. Yes. But also, yeah, no, it's not quite that either as you as you read further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, Definitely. The, I, I was in the headspace that like, oh, this is gonna be a religious tale, and this is the rapture, and these people got raptured. And I heck, I may still be correct in that assumption. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's exactly the, the imagery that they're using. And and there there was definitely a reason why why Max uh stepmother thought that as well in the, in the book you know and you know just you even with the pterodactyls you know like it's like still it's like yeah this seems like the end the end times and you know and then like they do like in sci-fi a lot where like the end times means everything just kind of converges into each other so that's why you're getting pterodactyls in the sky um also um with a great character design on a max stepmom she's like the perfect like tv 80 stepmom where it's like a perfect balance of uh of a uh, hot but trashy like yeah. i feel like, <laughs> like yeah, any eighty sitcom or something like it, it not even necessarily a stepmom but like the adult female figure who was going to be the antagonist of the kids was this perfect balance of Mm-hmm. Yes, she's attractive, but also she you could tell that she's kind of trashy so that we know that that person's bad. <laughs> and drawn perfectly also with with the kind of the slant uh, where you instantly know that she's been drinking. Like Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, she has the bottle to head, but the way that the uh, the panel is angled, but it's definitely that she's off kilter. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. that as well. It's pretty cool. It's just good visual storytelling in a comic. And, and I know uh, Aaron is uh, having these weird dreams, but the Ronald Reagan dream is something else. Oh yeah, the the that was one of the next dream that she has is a is a, a dream with Ronald Reagan. Well, she's after she's been gut shot, so it's but yeah. they're they're both ice skating together, and basically there's Soviet missiles coming out them, but it looks like they're being shot out of the sky by uh, a laser coming out of a space shuttle, out of you know like an American space shuttle, <laughs> Star Wars, which uh, the and Star Wars program. Yeah, the Star Wars program, and then they have a heart to heart, and what I can only assume is the uh, the pumpkin patch from the uh, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I think, I think you're right on that. Definitely, That's <laughs> like, a good it's, it's really it's a really trippy dream. Both dreams are really yeah. trippy. Also, I do love that she has that first really trippy dream where she's told her sister's dead, and then she immediately wakes up and it wakes up her sister to make sure her sister's alive. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, the, it, like that's like instant character development. Like you can tell their how their relationship is that second because mm-hmm. like they're sisters and like you know they're young, so they they like are antagonistic to each other. But at the same time, it's like what's what does what does Aaron do? Like the first thing she does is just to make sure that nothing bad happened to her younger sister. So mm-hmm. so that is pretty cool. Um, so uh, the, really quick, the um, 
the two teens, uh, they introduced themselves as Heck and Naldo. And the, mm-hmm. th- the third one there was Heck's boyfriend, which is why he killed that night. Uh, yes, he did swear some revenge on, on that night earlier. And um, they realized, though, that that translator they're using is uh, being used to track them. And this giant green orb with tentacles and TVs on the ends with eyes, like broadcasting eyes behind um, is right behind them and attacks and um, it shoots heck it grazes his shoulder um, but then grabs tiff and uh, she basically all of a sudden gets her entire life flashes behind but you know past her eyes essentially yeah not not like in a death way but like it seems like that's what those machines do or whatever right. those, those things are um, but her life is basically playing arkanoid <laughs> Like like the game, the Atari game, more or less. <laughs> yeah, and so it, later when she gets rescued from there, she's kind of like, "Wow, I wasted my life. Like I didn't even like this game. <laughs> like, and I totally related. Like I could totally relate with that. Like where it's like even if something you don't enjoy, it's just there. It's like you just keep doing it and doing it. Right. Meanwhile, um, the the uh, I forget what they call it or the, the, the was it the editrix? Yes. So the editrix, I don't know why, but as soon as I saw it, I felt it had like a very uh, Mike Allred design. Like it felt, it felt like it would fit right, perfectly right smack dab in that uh, Mike Allred Silver Surfer run. <laughs> like yes. if that was just on one of the planets or something that looks, you know, very close to it. I don't know. That's the first thing that cued in my mind as soon as I saw it. It's got that retro sixties feel to it, mm-hmm. which yeah, definitely lends to it. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Uh, more on the editrix is in later volumes, by the way. Well, we'll you'll, okay. find out, you'll find out a little bit more of those of those things, those creatures, actually. Uh, but yeah, um, pretty cool visual, actually. I like, and, and I also I just love the 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 Arkanoid thing. You know, just those little there's little little parts put in this book. I, where... I love all the uh, '80s references. Like, yeah. there's you know references to Radio Shack. They, you know. Uh, was a tiff that uh, had saved up all her money for the walkie-talkies, mm-hmm. yes. you know, and and even uh, references to intolerance, like very much at the beginning of the book, Mackenzie blurts out the, uh, you know, the slur that starts with F, the uh, homophobic <laughs> slur that start, starts with F. And I, you know, I was taken aback and I was just like, oh no, they're doing a period piece. And that's totally how someone would have spoken back then. And <laughs> I get it. And when she hears about Heck's uh, boyfriend, you know, she gets very homophobic and she calls them perverts. And I was just like, oh, this feels icky. But also, if we're being accurate, this is what it would have been at the time. Late 80s. And, and, and then I love how Heck was like, oh, yeah, you guys come from like a primitive, weird time. So right, that's, right. that's fine that you guys think that way. You know? Right, right. He was just like, it's cool that you're ignorant. Like, because, yeah. yeah, you're from the Stone Ages. I get it. Yep. <laughs> I think that it's later revealed like what they're from like 68 thousand years or 6800 years of, in the future something like that like just something astronomical. oh really because um like yeah was it out, revealed in this volume or in, and in, i glazed over it or is it, it revealed it, later in the second volume um uh a character mentions that they had to get to a certain year uh to be safe and i'm trying to i wrote that in my notes but i'm trying to find it well we'll get to it it's in the second volume um Absolutely. so uh okay let's see um, okay, so they get back to the surface um, when they see that uh, the same pod that they saw in the basement is is uh, there out in the woods, and they place Aaron in it, and they also get into it. Uh, Heck and Naldo, the, the girls are left alone, um, and Aaron wakes up and sees that there's these, like, these weird nano-like bugs on her that are mending her wound, and uh, Heck and Naldo are... Um, basically so you know these are um basically you know saving her life and then there's a, a weird flux um and she wakes up again and heck and Aldo are kind of absorbed into the walls and into each other and are dying um but they explain that uh, there's a war between the young and the old in regards to what should be done via time travel and um that's what the girls had kind of wandered into so once again you know a war a, a a war of ideology between the the conservative older people and the more liberal young people essentially <laughs> the uh 
the older the older people want to um, maintain everything and just let it be the way it is. And the the younger generations, which literally are multiple generations past these old the older people, um, they see time travel as a chance to change the world for the better and to to like make differences that that can that would be positive essentially. And so this creates a, a war instead of like an agreement, you know, just like <laughs> just like real life um, ideologies just conflicting with each other. Um, and let's see. So, um, the three, uh, girls, uh, meanwhile, are wondering what the hell just happened with the disappearing pod. And, um, they realize though, that like they mentioned time travel before. And so those, with those kind of shenanigans that maybe that pod that they saw earlier is the same pod, but later in a time. Um, in the time stream, essentially. Um, so they go back to that basement where they first saw that pod and they find uh, Aaron inside as the door opens of the pod. And she explains that Heck and Donald died to save her, but uh, they then realize that they're surrounded by the old timers and their leader uh, who, I like that. That's another design I love. I love the leader. He's like barefoot. Um, he's he, he's called the grandfather. He has an old, like a long like uh, father not, time it, beard. But I was gonna say they 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 don't. It's not grandfather. It's grandfather. You know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like like it's not it's not like grandfather. Like he's your granddad. It's more of a title. Yes. And and, it, and I think they even put it whenever they address him. They put it. They put grandfather. It's a a, a space between them. They always put it on different uh, lines. Yeah, uh, that's the true. Page, you know, to, to 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 stress that point. No, yeah, no, I and I didn't notice that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is definitely more of a title than like there being like a patriarch, essentially. Yeah, yeah, um, than being like peepaw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, and he's wearing like um t-shirts from like the sixties. Like he's wearing like an Apple Records t-shirt in this uh, particular scene, and uh, has bare feet. Um, kind of an old father time beard. It's kind of a cool design. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the shout out to the languages. Um, the uh, the the teenagers, like I said, speaking a language where it's a bunch of symbols you can't really discern what it says. I I, no. I don't know if there's a der- you know derivative of of an act of a language that exists now or not. I mean, um, it definitely looks like some sort of you know. Asian or you know some you know yeah. they look like characters they're in that vein like I don't think it's a real language but the way that the the uh language is depicted it's those type of characters whereas the old timers speak in like um like new speech. I guess right right like a future English so that while reading it you could kind of make out what it says but it looks very broken but it's just you know yeah if you just let the uh, language progress for centuries and centuries you're gonna get something you know pretty new but yeah. similar but new and noted that grant the grandfather doesn't speak in that language he speaks in the language yes similar. without a translator you're absolutely yeah, correct exactly so so yeah that's that's something that will come up a little bit later um but um but yeah so it, it would be like if we went back in time like to like the revolutionary war and like we would kind of understand what they're saying in english but at the same time there would be obviously different colloquialisms and and nuances to the language that we wouldn't understand so it's it, it, it that was pretty clever on on frankie von's part to have that mm-hmm. another clever thing too is the one thing that had always bothered me about time travel is that the sun or sorry the the earth is constantly moving and so if you if the time machine is not also a space moving machine yes then, yeah so they you would mention, just die in the vacuum yep yeah they made a mention of that like if you just traveled in time you would just end up in the middle of space like you know like because uh the earth had moved so i was like that's pretty cool i'm glad that they uh that they added that you know there too because i always kind of bothered me with it for a long time was like yeah like why how could you travel through time because the earth wouldn't be there anymore you'd have to figure out where the earth is going to be at that specific time that you want to come back um so anyways we'll get into more time travel shenanigans in just a little bit here 
we're almost done at the we're almost at the end of the first volume um so um the uh the old timers they're all around that house and uh they're about to break in the pod starts humming and acts like it's going to explode and lo and behold it literally does explode and all four girls are thrown into portals uh it's it becomes evident that kj lands somewhere completely different she lands in like a body of water um and aaron tiff and mac kind of land together on a bridge in a road and so they're looking so kj is no longer part of the party at this time um they're confused about what just happened um a car it's still early early morning a car is kind of driving by um aaron goes hey um let's um you know do what would they say the you know the paper you know the newspaper company says like in indeed get help so she stops the car um and who gets out of the car uh it is uh aaron from 2016 so older aaron as i will be calling her going forward <laughs> so time travel <laughs> so mm-hmm. yes so um, uh, um anything about volume one or do you want me to jump into volume two right now no, i mean i think yeah go ahead and jump into it okay so yeah because it literally track. It literally starts like right away. Like so, volume two starts um, instead of of um, young Aaron's per- perspective. It's old Aaron's perspective of, of the thing that just happened. Um, she's on her way back. Right. Yeah, she's on her way to work. Um, early morning, June first, twenty sixteen, and uh, she is speaking briefly to her younger sister Missy, who is now a um, emergency airlift helicopter pilot. So she's like living the life, you know, like, um, and uh, she um, is then stopped by the girls on the bridge after and was like, what the fuck? Like, like, wait, wait, what? You're Aaron? <laughs> like, I'm Aaron, you know, and they compare scars to make sure that they're the same people. It turns out that old Aaron doesn't remember any of this night that's happened so far. She doesn't even mm-hmm. remember. She doesn't remember even the girls, um, you know, like, like she she's basically she remembers being a paper girl but she remembers it being uneventful and not really ever making any friends or meeting anyone and and then she still works for the newspaper but this now as kind of like a, a reporter but uh, it was a reporter right she i think so yeah um yeah and um or maybe they never actually say she yeah says that she works for the newspaper and she does mention deadlines but she doesn't actually ever say that she's a reporter yeah. And she she is extremely hard on herself, adultery. <laughs> oh yeah, and and so there's there's a lot of nuance. It's not in my notes. It's hard to it's hard to really kind of talk about that, or like the, to put it in the notes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of come to Jesus moments essentially with uh, between young Aaron and old Aaron, um, kind of like coping with who you become or who you will become. Old, old Aaron is very not happy with where where her life has led her. And then it seems like young Aaron, you know, she's kind of just shocked by the whole scenario, but she kind of does think that it seems like she thinks older Aaron is kind of dope, but then keeps reevaluating because older Aaron is so hard on herself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, but there, there is a moment that, um, we uh, where uh, basically younger Aaron and older have a, like a moment together by themselves. And she's like, you know, you're not married, which is cool. Cause I didn't want you to be married. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want, you know, mm-hmm. married. you have a cool job, you have a house, you know, like you're, you, you know, you're independent. You, you, you're living a good life, you know? And, and literally old Aaron just like hugs young Aaron. Like, yeah. like, like really I love sweet. you. You're, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um We'll get to that in just a second here. So after that con- obvious confusion, um, they the girls pile into. I love this too. Aaron's driving a smart car, uh, which is definitely indicative of 2016. And uh, through you know three 12 year old girls and and you know and an adult in a smart car, it's not not a lot of room. And so they 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 take them. Um, she takes them back to her home. 
Um, old Aaron has like, like I said, no recollection about what happened. Uh, but uh, the girls are amazed by the technology and including like the flat screen television and they turn on the TV. Um, also kind of a joke about like uh, the nostalgia movies that kind of started um, in the early 2010s. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, uh, it's a commercial for an obvious like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out. And they're like, whoa, like this is for adults or for kids. But the thing is, is that would, would they have TMNT yet? Um, Did ABA? No, like I, I think it was eighty nine. So yeah, yeah, I think it was eighty nine. So unless they were savvy like comic book readers, you know, like they, mm-hmm. uh, they, they wouldn't have known who the who TMNT was in the first place. Um, so. The way uh, Cliff Chang though, there's a panel where he's depicting the awe in their faces seeing HDTV and like sparkles <laughs> in their eyes, and yeah. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, that was that's pretty cool. Yeah, just the visuals in this is so are so awesome. Yeah. Um, the um, so uh, they turn on the news. Uh, they notice that there's a giant, like kind of ball lightning, appearing over Terminal Tower, uh, very similar to the portals that we've seen so far of time portals, um, and that is uh, in nearby downtown Cleveland. So Stony Stream is a suburb of Cleveland. It's not in real life. It isn't. I looked it up to see if Stony Stream really existed. It doesn't. It's a fictional suburb but it is it takes place in very real cleveland this entire story so far um meanwhile um another traveler appears on a road and uh when someone comes to go help them they just all of a sudden just dissolve essentially in into air um and that person then takes off their helmet and they look just like young aaron so we have another young aaron running around and killing people by accident (laughs) um mm-hmm. as you find out later that it was an accident um sort of i guess um the, the so the lights go out um at old aaron's house just kind of like the way power kind of went out right before the invasion of the by the old timers and young aaron um then gives the flat square with the apple logo on it with um to aaron and she's never seen that before and she is able to activate it um and she just mentions that she sees a map of the area with mentions of a number of foldings. So, and, and there's a map to the first folding, which is um, in the Stony Stream Mall, which is, you know, 2016. So, yeah, it's an abandoned mall. Um, the, uh, meanwhile, the other Aaron, as I will call her. So, there's going to be old Aaron, young Aaron, and other Aaron. <laughs> And other Aaron, you know, I was gonna say, let's go with the uh, variant Aaron. Yeah, variant Aaron. Okay, yeah, I like that one too because also that doesn't give it helps not give away something later. Um, variant Aaron puts on a translator uh, and is looking for a way also to start an extreme mall. So uh, it also seems that a couple tardigrades that are now humongous are fighting in the in the river. So. Uh, or lake. I'm not sure if it was river or lake, but um, it is. Um, yeah. So it's like it's basically kind of like a kaiju battle between two giant. Um, I think they're called like water pigs. Yeah, tardigrades. Uh, the um, other. I think they're are, water bears. Water bears. That's what they're called. Thank you. Um, there was a really cool comic called Space Pig that's about a giant tardigrade that came out around <laughs> the same time. And this this tardigrade was nice though. It was is pink as well. So, <laughs> anyways, um, uh, the uh, variant Aaron gets picked up by a woman and is on her way to the mall. Uh, a lot of exposition happens with Aaron kind of trying to explain to this lady for some reason what's going on. Um, she kind of says that like anything that traveled with her through time that wasn't protected um, can be changed in size because like time and space is not relative and blah, blah, blah. you know, some sci-fi mumbo jumbo. And, um, and that's why these, these giant microscopic, these creatures are now giant that were once microscopic essentially. Um, And that's why they're fighting in the middle of the river. And um, the, so um the uh, like I said, old Aaron sees a highlighted route to the to the first folding, which is at the same mall that uh, very Aaron is headed to, and so the Aaron's split up. They go together uh, to the abandoned mall, and Mac and Tiff uh, 
go their own way. They're supposed to stay, stay at the apartment, but they decided to go out and try to find help from um, their older selves. They're, they're kind of sus on, on uh, older Aaron at this, at this time, whether or not she can help. And the Aaron's arrive at the mall and have a moment together, like we were saying earlier, with the, uh, the hug. And uh, they end up breaking into the mall. And Tiff and Mac, meanwhile, are riding their bikes uh, to Mac's old house, where they find another family living there because Max family moved out uh, after she died of leukemia in 1992. So yeah, did she die of leukemia? Though? That that's what they said. They just said the daughter died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and she's assuming that's who they're talking about is is her, and yeah. uh, and the person also was like, I think it was leukemia. So, but but what we do know is that somebody did die and it was probably mac and it was of some kind of cancer probably i mean mac definitely thinks that he means her yes and so she she's a very like tough character who doesn't really wear things on her sleeve so she she takes it as well as you can imagine you know and she keeps on she's been smoking cigarettes by the way this entire time and tiff is like maybe you should stop because uh of what they just said and she's like i die of leukemia i don't die of lung cancer so i'm just gonna keep on doing this because i got three mm-hmm. years i got three years basically to smoke as many cigarettes as i can uh, so so yeah um but you and you can tell later it it definitely has affected her more than she thinks or she's acting like at this time. Um, she's just acting tough in front of her friend. Um, so, um, like I said, Mac is not acting like it matters. Um, but they do see emergency vehicles uh, pass on their way to the tardigrade fight that's nearby. And uh, they decide to, that they might be going to the mall. So they, they should themselves should go to the mall and meet up with the errands. Um, the errands find, so KJ this entire time has had a field hockey stick uh, to protect herself uh, during hell morning. Um, she plays, she plays field hockey for her, for her school team. And they find KJ's field hockey stick floating in the, in the air inside by the KB toy store um, by, and which is by a fountain. Um, so mm-hmm. um, Tiff and Mac do make it to the mall and they're attacked by a giant maggot uh, that was uh, was feeding on the trash, and Mac and Tiff are wrestling with it when uh, Variant Aaron zaps it. Uh, Variant Aaron explains um, that she's a clone and wants to take the girl 68,000 years into the future. There we go. So yeah, there's 68,000 years in the future uh, where mm. they'll be safe. Um, Variant Aaron also... Um, I'm sorry, old Aaron climbs the fountain and grabs the hockey stick uh which seemed to be kind of you know protruding from some kind of portal and she loses uh, loses the grip of it it drops young Aaron catches it she reads a a message that's been scratched on it that says don't trust other Aaron and so right now young Aaron the only other Aaron that she knows about is uh older so she's like oh shit like <laughs> what's going on um and, and outside the mall, other Aaron, um, actually, I already went through that. She advises the time and space, a relative, blah, blah, um, Inside, so we'll go back. Uh, young Aaron discovers that uh, the message on the, um, there's another message on the other side of the hockey stick that she shows old Aaron that says, get to the fourth folding now. Um, and um, they're about to be attacked by a giant, a bigger tardigrade, not as big as the kaiju tardigrades, but like a, you know, kind of a, a good sized one. And they're um, saved at the last second by uh, Tiff Mac and, and variant Aaron. Um, Tiff jumps onto the tardigrade like a, like a um, bucking Bronco. And uh, Aaron then stabs it with the broken hockey stick. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other, or variant Aaron uh, reveals that she was cloned. Um, by the youth rebellion because of the DNA um, or the DNA was taken. Yeah. The DNA that was left behind when Aaron got stitched up. Yep. That's why, that's why there was clones of Aaron. And the reason why that they were cloned is because that, that uh, before mentioned uh, laser that I mentioned that got zapped and that selected didn't do anything. Well, it changed their, altered their DNA to where now the girls are invisible to the old timers technology 
So that's why the the teenagers are using Aaron DNA to clone Aaron because the the, the Aaron's that they create are also invisible to old timer technology. And uh, very Aaron wants to take everyone to the fifth uh, folding, which is on back to sixty eight thousand years into the future. But old Aaron says no. The stick said to go to the fourth folding. Very Aaron doesn't like to be told what to do. So they get into a fight um, and zaps old Aaron. And that kind of makes it uh, obvious to, to young Aaron and the girls that who the other Aaron is and the one that they should not be trusting. So they get into the skirmish with very Aaron, um, now known as other Aaron. And um, they, um, they push her into that fifth folding portal and they figure out where the fourth folding is, which is that aforementioned ball lightning that's up in by Terminal Tower in Cleveland. So they need a way to get up there. Well, good thing. Um, well, bad thing is that the old timers are now arriving in 2016, and they start wreaking havoc. Uh, start abducting, and they have a sweet ass ship. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the the um, shield airships on steroids. This is a freaking it's, awesome it's like the it, it's like if the shield L airship was also like a cathedral though yeah no definitely it's it, it is an awesome image it is very cool imagery on that um and um so yeah they're arriving they're they're doing their own shenanigans of uh abducting people and like wreaking havoc i guess they have a way to make people forget so they don't mind like just like you know maiming their way through everything because they can um and uh variant aaron also uh mentions that to her uh driver yes when when she commandeers that car yes she's like oh don't worry you're you're gonna not remember any of this anyhow yeah yeah the 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 old timers are gonna come and they're gonna erase your memory um so old aaron calls uh missy um the helicopter pilot and her sister um, she's she's also engaged to a doctor. Ooh, yes. La, la. So, so essentially, that's another reason why old old Aaron is like feeling bad about herself because, like, basically, she's kind of in a job that it's kind of obvious she doesn't really like that much. And meanwhile, her younger sister is doing an awesome job that she loves doing, and also is marrying a doctor. And and old Aaron apparently, by the looks of everything, is is single. So yeah, um, <laughs> that that's another reason why. Uh, She's kind of down on herself when we first meet old Aaron. Um, the um, so they they basically meet up with Missy. Missy um, is amazed that she sees her older sister as a twelve year old, but it's kind of kind of gets it. I guess maybe they explained it before on the well, phone. Well, no, I, I think. Once you see the portals in the sky, you're just rolling with everything else that happens, right? Like, no matter how crazy this is, that part is, it's not the craziest thing she's seen that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, like, if she saw, like, 50 errands, I'm sure she wouldn't care right now. Right, right. Like, but, like, I saw the pterodactyls and the portals in the sky, that giant ship. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. My older, my baby version of my older sister's here. Awesome. Yep. So, um, and and uh, older Aaron is also very proud of of um, the position that Missy's in at the time too. She's like, "Good job, like, <laughs> good job on growing up." And um, the also, I think too, um, there's a body issue uh, kind of situation going on too. Because like, um, even though she does, she's not portrayed as fat, but I think Aaron, older Aaron, no, yeah, she's. That she's like out of out of shape. No, but she definitely has like a heavier frame than other characters. And then Missy, and then Missy is like fit, and she's also the helicopter pilot, and also you know about to marry the doctor. Yeah, so you know, it's it's that that as well. Um, But um, so Missy piles them into the helicopter. They fly over to that tower. they get everything kind of ready to go. The girls jump out um, after Aaron basically. Um, oh, um, um, young Aaron is like, how can I, excuse me, how can I repay you all, you know, like for um, 
or how can I repay you for, for helping us? And old Aaron's like, keep your friends. Like, we've never been good at making friends. So you have these, these girls are awesome. <laughs> she's like, you, you're right. She's like, you have friends that I didn't mm-hmm. even know we had. So please mm-hmm. maintain this relationship. Yeah. Do whatever you can to not forget them and do whatever you can to keep your friends. And so that was kind of a, a nice moment as well. That's a good, good advice. I mean, I, I mean, that's, that's probably like some of the best advice like an older self could tell a younger self is basically like try to maintain the relationships that, you know, you are in as long yeah. as they're not, as long as they're not toxic, you know, as long as, <laughs> yeah. We were kind of talking about that right before we started recording. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, definitely. We were um, just yeah. by chance. Um, but so uh, they jump from the helicopter into that portal and they land in the grassy area and who shows up but KJ and it turns out this is where KJ's been and to KJ it's only been about a half hour and um, so they they kind of rendezvous and there's kind of a of a pan out on the, the panel and you see where they're at it's a very rural grassy area and there's a hill that uh, has kind of engraved in it a goat man, I would say. And above the goat man, um, his hands are above his head. And in and between his hands above his head is the Apple logo. Apple logo. Once again. It looks like, um, what is it? Uh, gosh, I can't remember the name. Uh, it's like a synonym for the devil, but such would be oh, Baphomet. Baphomet, yeah, it looks like yeah. Baphomet, but worshiping it at, at Apple logo. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. And also, um, it's um, it it and the the way it looks, it looks kind of prehistoric in a way, like or like old, like the, yeah. the it almost looks like the mounds like that are found like in Mississippi, you know, like the that those are kind of like the way the hills are so yeah um that'll be a foreshadow to the next volume because this is where the the second volume ends so (laughs) they're now all back together they're somewhere that seems rural and that's also worshiping the apple logo (laughs) Mm -hmm. so so yeah lots of weird things going on um Actually, yeah, the uh, third volume is actually really good. I can't wait till we get to talk about it. It's um, the rest of the book, actually, in my opinion, is really good too. But um, you you kind of you kind of meet meet and see the origins of certain characters in the next volume, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, and and as we said, swerves abound. But what was that? <laughs> no, I said as we were saying, swerves abound. Yes, there's a swerve after swerve after swerve. This, I I really enjoyed this book, but I have no idea what's going on. Well, I have an you, idea what's going on, but that's it. You will not have a full idea what's going on until the end. Um, it's just one of those books. It's kind of like, I, I, did you read uh, Gideon Falls by any chance? From I have from, not. It's just, Gideon Falls is the same way, where the majority of the time while I was reading it, I was like, okay, I kind of get what's going on. I've absolutely no idea what's going on at the exact same time and i'm just but it's well written it's well paced i'm having fun with the visuals let's just keep going and figure out what the hell is going on at the end of the book and this is the same way this is yeah don't don't feel don't feel bad that you don't know what's going on you're not supposed to know what's going on (laughs) yeah but but like how do you enjoy the first two volumes so far no no i really enjoyed it um they're really good really well-written books and they they breeze on by like these are all like i felt like both volumes were a very quick read no the absolutely that's that's the thing and i my first uh my first inkling was like let's just read all 30 issues and like do all three episodes at the same time but like time constraints but this book is it's one of those books where i think you could read 30 issues in the same day yeah and like and not feel like you wasted your day reading comics right right it wouldn't feel ridiculous like it, it's yeah. not a slog at all like i was burning through those uh those first two volumes once yeah, i jumped definitely. on them and yeah. just like the cliff chang art style like i don't think i've ever seen his uh 
his art with a more standardized uh, color palette. It's mm-hmm. always, you know, a fascinating color palette. Like when they first touch the uh, the device, the ship, and the colors that are in the sky when they go outside, it is so trippy oh. and gorgeous. But yeah. like I, you never, you never see his art without an accompanying uh because i don't know if he always uses the same colors but it always has a very unique uh accompanying color color palette yeah that's a good question yeah because um I, i've always noticed that as well is that like he seems like he oh whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. i'm not i just knocked out the uh here can you hear me <laughs> yeah i can hear okay. you all right sorry about that i'm probably not gonna edit that brian's, <laughs> brian's very passionate about uh Colorist, and you yes. know, he was <laughs> and he got a little excited, rip, rip the uh headphones out the jack. Yep, <laughs> I love colors. Um, so <laughs> Matt Wilson, um, right, is the uh, yes, the colorist, on yeah. and I know Matt Wilson does a lot of stuff with with uh Brian K. Vaughn, but that's a good question whether or not he worked with like Cliff Xiang uh before. Um, with um, I know like uh, Wonder Woman was. Yeah, but that has a very unique color palette as well. D- definitely does. Um, I like I like the chunky inking that uh, that Chang's art has, as yeah. well. It's a very very wide marker that is used, or you know, or digital marker. I guess I'm not sure if it's digital or not. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it kind of lends to the style. Um, so yeah, and now that's... I'm very I'm very curious uh, about the show. Like, how comic accurate is it going to be? Like, are they going to go full airships and pterodactyls and portals, or are they going to you know dumb it down a little bit? Because again, going into this book, I knew there there was a show coming, and I felt you know this was a slice of life book, you know, yep. sight unseen. So I'm like, that's a cool, neat show to film, and I'm that's easy. Now that I know what this book is, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Are you really going to do all that? <laughs> well, I mean, Amazon has lots of money, but at the same time, they also have, they a, have you all know, the money. The, they have yeah. all my money and they don't pay taxes. They have all the money. Yep. No, they totally do. Um, but however, streaming services nowadays are very much have itchy fingers when it comes to cancellations. Um, it's just kind of what happened with like, why the last man? You know, like where, mm-hmm. like it, it, they don't see the numbers immediately. It's like canceled, like, and it's yeah, they don't give them a chance to breathe at all. So hopefully, this has enough word of mouth, enough people like it. Because I mean, I heard why. I didn't see. I didn't watch why, and I'm I'm part of the problem, I guess. Um, but that's was everyone who watched it said it was good. It's just you know not enough people watched it apparently, and and mm-hmm. I think it was Netflix, I believe. Or was it FX uh, for FX. my? It was FX. FX. Yep. Okay. So so FX. Yeah, they just had the itchy finger, and they're like, "Nope, sorry, we're not doing more than." And same with um, not. I break. mean, I, oh, sorry, I was gonna right? say, I know, I know, I didn't help. I I never watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and Jupiter's Legacy on on Netflix as well. I yeah, never, same deal. Yeah. So so yeah, which um, but yeah, so I mean that's funny too because they had they had the Mark Miller. Miller verse, uh, like you know, license, and you think that they would be very much like trying to make sure everything for that license, you know, works. And- I, um, I th- I think uh, what we're learning now about Netflix and the stuff about how they're going to start jacking up the prices. Mm-hmm. I th- what we didn't know when that show was canceled. I feel like if it comes out a year or two before, it doesn't get canceled as quick because of the investment that they put into Mark Miller's company. Yes, but because. They knew because what that's about a year ago, more or less. So they knew mm-hmm. back then that their finances are bad, were bad, and now we're just finding out their finances are bad. So I think that's why yeah. that show's plug got pulled very, very, very quickly. It's kind of funny because, like, the reason why Netflix became so big so fast was because they were on that bleeding edge of technology and they were the ones really harboring like the, the whole streaming thing. And yeah. And, and they let and, themselves get stagnant. Yeah, exactly. And then now they're the dinosaur, and and now they're 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 the ones that are old timers that need to change. So, 
so yeah it's kind of funny like you, you got to keep moving you know like like kobe you know like kobe was the best but kobe always trained because kobe knew he could easily not be the best so yeah um and, and, and also like i think one thing that these uh some of these businesses don't think of is that we as people are fickle so like we there's a good a sizable amount of us that just want the same thing that netflix does just under a new name yeah that's true. like like if somebody builds an app and it just basically does what netflix does but oh oh i don't have this one oh this is a new one to die one to yeah. download to, to mess with but because like i feel like no one's really reinvented the wheel on steer on uh, streaming yeah. but just we like new stuff <laughs> I also think that Netflix had a quality control issue and they kind of let everything become a, a new TV show or a movie. So people didn't really have a lot of trust in the product. You know, like, they're like, oh, also, like, yeah. They're probably Netflixed out as well because, yeah. you know, we're discounting that pandemic year where that's all we did for X amount of time. We're done chilling. I don't Netflix. even think it. But like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't even think HBO Max was a thing until like midway through the pandemic. You know, I thought the real start of it when you were getting your, your Tiger King that we were all just binging everything because, yeah. you know, we didn't know what the world was about to be. There definitely wasn't yeah, like Paramount like, Plus. Yeah. Right, like, like, yeah, yeah. But we spent a lot of time in Netflix's bosom and it's just like, yeah, we're kind of done with that now. Plus, yeah. we're putting out a lot of trash and not enough quality. Exactly. But but also, yeah, like, we've just been here a while. Like, it's funny. Netflix still feels kind of new, but Netflix as, as, like, the streaming juggernaut is is more than 10 years old at that point. Like, I feel like that really started yeah. 2010, 2011-ish. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's about time. And, like, and then actually technology had to catch up to it because right. it was originally just, like, on your computer. And it was a big thing when, like, oh, like, the PS3 now, you can you can watch Netflix on your television through your PS3 right. and or I Xbox. Had friends even early, I, I remember where... I think uh, the the Netflix app was only on PS3 or something, so yeah. I was a big Xbox 360 gamer. But I had a PS3, and PS3 was just for me to watch Netflix because I wasn't playing anything on it. The mm-hmm. only time I booted it up was to watch uh, stuff on Netflix. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, the reason why Blu-ray basically won was because it was on Xbox and not PS3, and X- the Xbox no, no, 360 was, was popular. Other way around. Other oh, way was around. it the other way around? It- yeah, yeah. So, uh, Blu-ray Xbox? is created by Sony. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Then. Yeah, yeah. I got my I got my stuff wrong then. But yeah, like, but I I've heard from many people that like the reason why the only reason why they had a PS3 was because it was a Blu-ray player and also right. And that that's why they streaming. took a loss on the technology. Like it was a loss leader for forever. The PS3 because they're just like we just want to get these Blu-ray pillars out there. Once the people use them and see how crisp the images are, they'll feel like they're indispensable. Yep. <laughs> and then kill HD DVDs. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strangling in the, in the, uh, the, the uh, crib. Which <laughs> that, I, like, I, heard, I heard just like, just like beta has better quality than the VHS. I guess HD DVD was better quality than Blu-ray, but it's just, it all boils down to cheap like how whatever's cheaper essentially also um i think they were smaller though and they were smaller too yes they were yeah because i think they they were like about 25 gigs and then you could have a a blu-ray up to like 50 something i think 56 gigs or something like that yes that's true too so there was definitely that cost if it was something bigger that they were going to put on ac dvd but yeah it's uh it's just funny how that kind of works out technology wise and we'll you know and there's a reason why, um, you know, especially in 2016, why Brian K. Vaughn is using Apple logos in the future. Because much like um, the way, um, what's that movie called? Oh my God, we just, had the, we just had the 40th anniversary, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, Blade Runner 40 years ago thought Atari was going to be the big all end all of uh, technology. And just like, and then in 2016, it seemed like, Apple is going to be the same way, which still, you know, many, you know, years later, six years later, we're kind of still feel the same, you know, like I think Apple's still the future. So we'll see what happens. No, no, no. I think you killed the iPhone. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean, it's now. a good product. It is definitely. It's relatively inexpensive, you know, 
compared to other things like that. And it's essentially a computer that no, no, it's, it's absolutely a computer. Which is funny what they mentioned in, in Paper Girls. They're like, it's funny they call these things phones when they're just like small computers in their hands. Mm. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that might be it for our uh, inaugural bonus episode on Paper Girls. Uh, tune back next week. We'll talk about volumes three and four, aka issues 11 through 20. And uh, we'll go from there for some more time travel. And I was going to say dimensional, but we learned that there's only one dimension in this. So time yeah. travel, only time they're, travel shenanigans. They're fairly explicit that they're like, yeah, no, there's one timeline. That's it. And like, you could change stuff, but not really. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Good world, world building right away. You know, like the world building is great, even though that whole ride with the um, the lady was just for exposition. It wasn't too boring, you know? So yeah, it was pretty good. But anyways, well, I hope you all have a good day and uh, don't forget to stay away from pterodactyls. And, um, <laughs> and if you get hit by a strange ray, actually be happy because that might make you invisible to the old timers. All right. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Bye.